those of you visiting, my name is Ruan. Am I loud enough? Okay, am I, is it duidelijk genoeg? Ek brom soms so bykie, so my uh, stemtoon, Eugene nog so bykie harder, bykie laag. Alright, wonderful. Uh, Lord, we just do bless you and thank you for your goodness and... Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask you for words that will communicate uh, what you want to say, Lord. Uh, words that um, will adequately communicate, Lord, what is even in my heart and uh, what you have done. So, please, Lord, please, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me. <laughs> Amen. Uh, my notes from last week, as we uh, spending time in Colossians, Cassie preached you can go and listen it online. But I just have a few things here. It says, He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of creation. He is the means by which all was created, heaven and earth, visible and invisible, all authorities. He is the reason for all created things. He is before all things. He is the power to hold all things together. He is the head of the body. He is the, the head of the church. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the preeminent one. He is the dwelling place of God's fullness. He is the means of reconciliation. He is the means of peace by His blood. And that is just a small part out of Colossians 1 that... Uh, Cassie uh, was expounding on, and uh, it feels to me. My dad used to say, "Ek is a fark in Palestina," and uh, the the image that I had is 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 a is a pig just enjoying the muddiness and and just rolling around and basking in what he's got, and um, and I don't know, Cassie, if I'm now, uh, but it feels like as we're spending time in in Colossians, we are rolling around and basking in it. It is oftentimes for, as we look at children and they jump into the pool and they are making splashes and then jumping in and it's like, it's just water but they are really enjoying every part of the water and the adults are sitting there and we're just happy there is a pool. And don't you find that sometimes there are some people that they are so thankful, they are so uh, so immersed in, in the gospel, they, they, they draw everything and they think of their forgiveness and they're thankful and they, they are like a farkin Palestina. And I know Palestina is not the best word to use uh, always in the Bible, but they are like that. And then there are some very mature Christians, they're just happy there is a gospel. They're just happy... Jesus did something, but they're not tasting and, and seeing. They're not enjoying. And as I am personally going through uh, Colossians and not getting much further, or I'm, I'm reading over and over, and it feels like a gawk fast paper type, like, because it's just so beautiful that my heart is being settled in new ways. My heart is, is alive in new ways. There's, there's aspects of, of God's grace that is just it never ends. It is unending. It is, it is all these maximum words. You know, I think Cassie was speaking, oh, it's like he's the max of this. He's the max of, he's the pro in this. And you use this image of an atom where, where he's like the proton and everything revolves around it. And, and, and the best place for you and me, the safest place, the healthiest place, the most peaceful place, the most active place, the most, the most place is around Jesus. It's not in the center. It is in the place where we consider the center. Where we, waar ons, ons draai om hom. Ons draai terug na hom. Ons draai saam met hom. It's, it's, it's the place where it's so fundamental, but yet it is so living and active. Um, as you read Colossians, you'll see that this gospel, there's movement, there's labor, there's, there's things to do, but yet it's so settled. And so from, uh, from eldership, uh, the reason why we are spending time in, 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 in Colossians is, number one, we want to change your mind. We want you to, to, to not drift with the rest of the world. 
We want in some way for us and together to see that there is a new current. That there is a kingdom of God that is advancing. There is a kingdom of God that's got no end. It keeps on. The government that's on. It keeps on moving. And, and, and when we receive the gospel, when we, it's like it's, it's got a life of its own. Just like he said, he is the life, and it expands, and it expands. It's like, it's like yeast in dough, it expands, expands. And there, there's, there's a power behind God's word that cannot be stopped by mankind, that cannot be stopped by the devil. Sometimes it's not believed, and oftentimes, even as, I, as my mind needs to be renewed, I don't believe it, and so I, I limit in some ways the, the effect it has on my heart. But in general, in the world, as Paul writes, he says, the gospel is bearing fruit in the whole world. It's, it's increasing. It's moving forward. It's taking ground. And where we want to be and where we want to move you, each one of you, we want to move you into that place where it's revolving around the proton where it's, 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 it's moving, but it's settled. It's in perfect harmony. It's in peace. And there's a moving forward. There's an advancing in your heart and in my heart. It's good news. <laughs> it's very good news. And so I'm hoping, I've got notes, I'm hoping to, to say in it, but the, the, the image that I continually have is like, you know, we, we're stepping into this house, the house of God. There's, there's so many rooms and there's so many aspects. And, and in some ways, I, I become like a little tour guide. And I say, you know, and this is where God did this. And this is what he means with this portrait. And this is his heart behind this room. And the reason why he shifted, he moved the tables and the chairs like this is because he wants you to be. And we move, we, we're walking amongst the, the, the house of God and we're saying, this is what he did. And we're echoing what the scripture says. Here and there maybe helping us in our current uh, language to, to understand it. But the gospel of God is this good news from God's side. And we've got to remind ourselves in, in, a, in a world where there is a current, where there is this, 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 this moving, uh, the, this, this stream that wants to move you away from the center, from the anchor, God wants His message, His work, His heart to be our current state of affairs. That there is a new current. And that in some way, if we can be at a place where, where by the Spirit, if we leave you to not, to just be busy with it, your heart and your mind drifts towards God, not away from God. That, that, that the, the work that is done is so, so core and, and the revelation of, of who He is and what He has done to you and me through His gospel is so overwhelming that it becomes the current of our heart. Isn't that what happens when we're in love? <laughs> Your heart just drifts back to that one the whole time. You catch, you caught, and what are you thinking now? Oh, I'm thinking of her again. Oh, I'm thinking of him again. I mean, Caitlin and, and, and uh, Dirk, now at this stage, they just got engaged. I mean, uh, you can uh, you walk like this. And what are you thinking of? Ah, Turkey. <laughs> Isn't there, I mean, you've thought of him, in, haven't you thought of him about, yeah, no, you think of all the possibilities and, the, we're in the, the potential, and in your eyes, I can see my children, and you know all those things. There, yes, and when, and isn't it amazing when God looks into one of His children's eyes, into His bride's eyes, He looks and He sees, like I said, a catalyst for many other children. He says, "I look into your eyes, and I see my children." And, 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 and so what, what God wants to come and do in our hearts is that overwhelming revelation that it just opens up all the aspects and all of a sudden it's connected. We see Him in everything. And it becomes a stream where our hearts drift to. It's the current drift. Uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is 
when what he says defines reality. It defines truth. It's not just something that happens to us from our point of view. So that we look, oh, luckily I'm forgiven. Luckily I'm righteous. Luckily what, what Jesus did is he, he brought me. No, no, from God's point of view. I mean, it says in um, chapter 1, and I am uh, still a bit in the introduction, but in, in chapter 1, verse 21 to 23, it says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Maybe there are a few of you here that's still in that place. But he says, we all once, once were alienated. If you're an alien, it's not that you've got an eye in the middle or so, but if you're an alien to countries, you, you're not a citizen from that country. You've been alienated. You, you, you're not part. And he says, we were once that. And he says, now he has reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. Verse 22 there. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Since God has brought us close, he reconciled us. It was for soon. Brought us together brought us together and he says there's a there's a reason for that he's got a very specific purpose that he might present you holy blameless and above reproach before him it's the only state of being how we can be before him holy blameless and without reproach that holy most of us know but blameless it says it's unblameable no one can blame you no one can accuse you. No one can come and say, you are the reason for X, Y, Z. If you've got children, there's a lot of blame, blame, <laughs> blaming that takes place. It's always somebody's fault. You are the reason for this, that, and the other. He says, I want to, to bring you at a place where you're unblameable, above reproach. In other words, unreprovable. Afrikaans say, heilig. Sonder gebrek. Onberispelik. Daar is geen plek van. Het is so een wonderlijke plek. It's such a, it's such a position. Right such a position of beauty before him. And so this, 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 this place before God. How he has created us to walk with him and to be with him. In some ways, after the fall, has become like a mystery to many. People could not understand, how will we get to that place? How will we once again come to the place of this perfect harmony, where we revolve around the proton? And they tried all these different things, tried the various traditions, tried the different religions, and, and Colossians is faced with actually these two streams of belief. One was that they had all the, all the Greek gods, and all the, the, the deities, and if you, if you serve these deities in this way, or if you believe it in, uh, you have these rites that you go to these temples, and you, you, um, you, you worship them in this way and in that way, then you will, be, you will appease the gods, and you will be in unity or in the right place. The other stream was uh, some Jewish uh, people that have, have added the old covenant in the background. And for them it was, you needed to have the exact right rights, the laws and the Sabbaths. And, and they got caught up in all the right things that they had to do to be right. And you see the cry within every person. From, it's age old. We want to be right. We want to stand right. We want to, and if we can use those, be holy, be blameless, be, uh, be above reproach. We want to be in the place that we have been created to be. Because somewhere we lost it. At the core of every human being, that's, that's the cry. And it's, it's so there because it gets fulfilled in God. And so it has to be there. 
your colleagues, your family members that are far from God, maybe even you sitting here and you feel far from God, you feel filthy, you feel you have a bunch of thoughts that is accusing you and that is causing you to, to step away, to drift away. But the cry remains, and that's why we get so frustrated. That's why people get so angry, why people get so fearful, why people get so anxious, why people are in such a place of need and desperation because we are not right. And then God comes and He sends the right one, the righteous one. The center that can pull it all together. The one that can bring it all together, that can reconcile all to him and make right. And what the Father says, this is good news to everyone. <laughs> and it's not just good news to you that really is in need of it. It's also good news to him. It's his gospel. It's my good news, God says. And it's for you. I, I frequently... I, you know, I find much of my prayers are that I want to I wanna have God with me. Uh, I, I pray that God will be with me. I pray that I will be. And, and I, I, I sometimes forget that God actually, from his point of view, when he did that, and as I believed in it, he brought a sense of rebirth, and he transferred me into his kingdom. Okay, so I'm, uh, if, you, if you haven't been with us for a while, we've... We're slowly coming through chapter 1 of Colossians. But in chapter 1, <laughs> in chapter 1, it says that he has transferred us. He's brought, he's brought us into the kingdom of his son. He's, he's qualified us to partake into an inheritance. And that inheritance is a portion. This, this Tuesday past, we, we fasted and prayed. And if you didn't, it's okay. We but together, I want to jump into the stream. We are fasting and praying for these things. And this portion is a land. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a kingdom. It's, it's something measured out where God rules and He's brought us into it. Somewhere along the line, you weren't in it. You were an alien. I was, I was disqualified. I had no right to be there. And when He came in His Son and He said, Now, if you believe in me, I've got the right. Oh, you can have the right. And he brought me into this place. And so I'm not always sure what happens first or so, but one, I'm born again, born into this, this new country, the kingdom. But then also he places himself in me. He puts that land in me, that, 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 that kingdom in me. So the Bible speaks of both. And we don't have to get into all the nitty-gritties, which one is the ayer of the owner of the owner of the ayer. Well, the point is it happens. And what God uses those pictures as descriptions of what happens is that God comes and makes His dwelling within you and me. But at the same time, the kingdom of God comes. His rulership, His, His land, His portion, His inheritance. And when that happens, it's new creation. It's new life. It's life in such a way that he says you were dead. Now you're alive. Outside, dead, unable, you can't. Inside, able, you can. There's a capacity of, of living with God. And it's a new rule. It's a new way. It's a new day. It's, I mean, it's, it's like all the Macs against and all the news again and all those. You cannot be in there unless you were dead. You cannot be in there unless you were an alien. You've got to come through that. Because he spoke about that eye of the needle. And it's through the resurrection as you had to be dead. And God says, wow, now as I look to these people, as I look to my children, as God speaks Let's say to the authorities, the invisible and the visible, to the principalities and the powers, all the things he created. He said, Ruan's with me. Ina's with me. They are with me. You and I sit there and we sometimes forget that. And so we pray, God, please be with us. God, please help. God. And God's walking around and he says, Ruan is with me. Cassie is with me. Alette is with me. I mean, 
for a moment, sit next to God and think as He considers you, if, we, if you can do it in the third person, as He speaks about you, what, how does He speak about you and me? How does He speak about the person? What is the position that that person has in His heart? Worth, alive, right, forgiven. And Paul comes and he says, I've been made a minister of this gospel. Guys, I am in this world and I am straining and I am working and I am trying to convince you. I am at places, there are people in Afghanistan, there are people in Paul, there are people in different places that when they hear this news, it is just either too good to be true or it sounds too weird and out there. It sounds too otherworldly. It sounds too heavenly. It sounds too ins- this way that you cannot believe it it is not fair it is not right you've got to do something else and sometimes people come against you you're not worthy of it maybe some family members colleagues you're not allowed to have it because that place is what the the heart cries out to and if i can't have it you're not allowed to have it place of beauty place of with god Paul says, I have become a minister of this. And I, I, there's a struggle that takes place. Come be honest. How many of you when, you, when you, when you consider what the Bible says, and you're at that place where maybe you've acted in the, in the old way, the old life, and you now need to believe what God has done. You now need to consider yourself, not as as what everyone else has said, but as God has said. What a struggle is that in your heart, your mind? Some of you and me, when I say you, I mean us, some of us, we want to be a little bit more guilty. Ne? Feel, I mean, I feel, feel guilty for a little bit longer. We want, we, want, we want the person to feel guilty for a little bit longer. <laughs> we trespassed against you. We still stiper. And we want them to really feel because it was unfair we want to work harder i want to just work a little bit harder so that you know it's a gift but you just also want to earn it it's like it's in there it's like that old heart that old mind that's so how we and the current takes you to that god wants to come and says i'm not i'm not disqualifying work i'm not i'm not taking it away i'm not eliminating struggles but struggle for righteousness that I'm, I'm, I'm taking away. It's a gift. That you can now struggle because of righteousness. That you can now have effort because of the work that you've done. You're not working for this new, new kingdom, this kingdom of God. You're not trying to be qualified enough to be in this kingdom. No, you're working from this place. You're an heir of the kingdom. It's an erfgenaam. It is Jonah. We have some of these stories, these uh, movies even or so, of this, this person that was on the street. He, he never knew of something that was available for him. And he lives on the streets and he's this gangster kind of. And, and somewhere, you know, they learn how to survive. And, and the ethics, are, you know, are all wa- weird and wacky because they've got to steal to survive they've got to fend for themselves protect themselves and sometimes there's this this evil authoritarian he's in some way provides safety for the for the street children but he's he's actually an evil person and he 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 takes advantage of them but they have some form of safety with him and then comes this one day this 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 uh, uh this wealthy person comes you know he's he's the owner of so much of this this country or this this town he says i you are my child <laughs> you this long lost uh um, heir at the erfgenaam come here's a place for you and you see this person coming they're dirty they they've got their old ways old thinking and they've got a new position they've got a new place they've got new resources They've got everything they need to make a success. This person says, the year it's yours. And every now and again, usually, you know, here by the end of the movie, as the climax, he, he falls back into his old ways. 
He, he, it, it's so ingrained in his way of living that he falls back. I'm either not worthy or he takes advantage of something, of, 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 the, of the estate. And then he's at a place like the prodigal son amongst the Farka, near Palestine, out of black. And he realizes, he acknowledges that this is not who he is. This is not his identity. He might have grown up on the streets, but that's not his place. He might have had a he might know his way amongst the streets, but that is not his place. His place is in the inheritance, in what has been purchased, worked for, given to him. And what he needs to do is to receive it. Oh, and it's difficult to receive. Just to receive it. Because work is important and it's right. But when we work for the wrong thing, it starts to be perverted. We can't work for the love of God. He gives it. We can't work for that gift of forgiveness, of righteousness. It's a gift. But He wants us to work with Him wants us to work with him. So Paul in the chapter 2, he comes against, and for the Colossians, he comes against these principalities and powers, these messages, these currents that have come against the people that have tried, and he uses words like, don't let anyone take you captive with philosophy. The philosophies were connected to the deities and the gods of that age. He says, don't let anyone take you captive. It's good ideas. It's, it's, it's like very you know, high and academic conversations and, and, and reasoning. And so he says, don't let anyone take you captive. And he's speaking in regards to the gospel because it is so simple and basic that we want to exchange it for something more complicated because when something is complicated we can take a little bit of honor for it because it means i've had to apply myself and you know work out a few things and then wow i've got a big idea i've got i understand and that was one of the challenges for the people of that time is that there was the Gnostics, there was special knowledge. Some of you might have heard of the secret. Eh? If you just say it enough in the right way, believe it, have your vision board, and all, it's going to come to you. And it's like this special, and if you can't get it right, you just don't know the, the secret yet. And so this desire to be right, this desire to live life full, to, to be joyful, to have peace, and to, to feel that you, 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 you're right with everything, just wants to latch on that because this is maybe a way that I can get there. This is maybe a way that I can feel that feeling. And Paul says, don't let people take you captive with that teaching. That way of thinking. And that's where you need to work. Don't let them take you captive. And he goes and he gives a number of reasons. He says, guys, it's no philosophy. It's not about circumcision. It's not about taking the Sabbath. It's not about... Uh, sorry, I'm now jumping ahead. The other part, the other current. Excuse <laughs> me. The other current was that still, it's still the same cry to be right, to be, to be in peace. But this, this pathway is doing all the right stuff. The way that you slaughter, the way that you sacrifice, the day that you take, the kind of food that you eat. And people taken captive and they distracted from the center, from Jesus. And it's like that atom that we spoke about in the proton, and you see all these electrons going out of whack because they are not centered around Jesus. They're centered around the secret, 
the sacrifice, the work. And all their minds and all their hearts are, are occupied with one of those two. And Paul wants to simplify it. He says, guys, it's Christ. As you have, this is the key scripture maybe for today. It's Colossians 2 verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. As you received the King, so walk in His kingdom. As you received the seed in your heart, so bear the fruit. As you have received Him, so follow Him. And it's that same principle of believing and receiving. Believing and receiving. The same kind of faith. But what we oftentimes do is that we believe, we receive, we say thank you. Now my life is enhanced. My life wordt beter gemaakt. I've got something extra to live a better life. That's not what he's saying. He is saying you've got a new life. Not a better life. A new life. And that is in large part the difference between the religion and the relationship with God. Because we want to have a better life. We want to take on Jesus and pluck on me on all our other ways. He says, no, die. Understand that you are dead in your trespasses. And that is from God's point of view. He says, you are dead. You need to be made alive. Receive me. We think we were bad. We need to be made better. God says, ah, you weren't bad. You were dead. You need to be made alive, not better. You weren't just evil, you were dead. And that is the evil part. So now, walk in Him. He says this, 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 this. Um, and you and I have got to understand or, or, or live in this constant reminder of this. That he says there in verse 13, And you were dead in your trespasses. And the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment. He goes on, let no one disqualify. So this new kingdom that you're in, it's a place where the trespasses has been dealt with. Each one in, the, in, in this, in this um, kingdom has been forgiven. They are debt free. The debts have been cancelled. He says that he's nailed it to the cross. And this does not just refer to Jesus on the cross. In fact, they had a, a, um, a tradition or a way of, if, you, if, there, were, uh, if there was a, a specific um, contract, there were certain debts that you still needed to pay, if that debt was cancelled, the use was to actually nail a spiker or a nail through that piece of paper to say it is cancelled. And so when the people heard this, it was nailed against the cross. It, they have this picture that all the debt that you have, and some of you have had debt, and you know how that debt, I ray up your neck. It, I mean, it, it becomes your ruler. It becomes the one that determines your actions. It, it's here constantly. It's a current that moves you in a specific direction. And when that thing is dealt with, when it's finished, there's a sense of relief that comes. There's a sense of freedom that comes. You are liberated to live in a new direction, to walk in a new, to build and to add. And what God says through his gospel, he says, I've nailed it to the cross. That legal, that demand that I, legally you had to pay, legally you had to work for, legally you had to, you were in the minuses, and for you to come to a zero, you had to do a number of things. I've dealt with that. And I've now seeded you with me. I've made you alive. I think 
think maybe I should end with this, is that the people didn't just have, maybe if I can say it, in, in chapter 1, it says that through Jesus was created all the things visible and invisible, all authorities, all powers. Guys, just because things are invisible doesn't make it unsubstantial. Doesn't make it unreal. So there's an unseen world that you and I have been born into. We have our seen world, and mostly when we look at the nature and we look, we think of God and so forth. And because we can't see the invisible, we we, we don't let that cause us to think of God. But part of what the gospel does, part of what the scriptures does, it paints to us, it gives us words of the invisible world. It gives us definition to the world that we have in God. And we start to see that it influences our physical world. As we pray for people and there are breakthroughs or there's forgiveness, healing, or as we pray and there's a, there's a, or we, um, there's reconciliation in situations. We start to see that the Word of God and some things that are invisible have an influence on the visible. And what God wants us to, uh, to, to see is that when we are born again, we are made alive in this invisible world, this kingdom. And we can live from His Word. His Word determines the truth. His Word determines the reality. And so now He comes and He nails all those legal demands that oftentimes we experience in our minds and our hearts, the accusations. Satan, that word Satan speaks of the accuser. He comes. We have a little glimpse of it in, um, is it in Zechariah, where the high priest Joshua is brought, and there's this picture of the court case. And you've got Satan, the accuser, and uh, the angel, and Zechariah is kind of giving a a peek, and he's, he's got filthy clothes. And, the, and, the, and, and the, the, the accuser is coming against, and it seems like he's got legal stance. This one needs to be accused. This one needs to pay. This one is, is guilty. And then there's a word of the Lord that says, make him clean. And when God speaks, that's the truth. This, that's final. That is reality. You and I can look at a person and say, oh, I, when God says, Gideon, mighty man of valor, that is who he is. He might at this stage not look like it, sound like it, act like it. When God said it, that's it. Abram, sorry, I can't do it. I can't have children. My wife, my. But when God says it, it's going to happen. And I, for me, my frustration oftentimes, most of the times, is I'm just how long it takes this mind to believe that when God says that is how it is. I still allow my eyes, my ears, my, my senses to determine what is reality. What is truth? And God has given us a life, and He's shown that life in Jesus. How Jesus lived. He demonstrated it through Jesus. That we are not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from his mouth. So are there times that you and I, if we've born again, don't feel like children of God? Probably. Are there times that you, some of you are being accused and you are being pushed into a direction By this current to not live according to what God has called you to live? To just give in to the senses? To just give in to what you see around you? Yes. And Paul is saying, no. (laughs) He says, there's another yes from Jesus. It says, this is who you are. Reconciled. Blameless. Holy. He, he, this is where God has given all His um, resources for you to live as His child. And He does that 
by nailing all the other stuff to the cross. And he says to every other principality, and that's where I'm coming back to, he says to all the accusers, all the th- voices that accuse, he says, made a public spectacle. Not by how good you and I have been, but by that nail against the cross, by that Jesus on the cross. He says, they have no right. They have no stand. They have no legal standing to accuse you. You are free. I am free. Not because of what I've done, but because of Jesus. But because of Jesus. We were blessed uh, to baptize Suzette in the back and Toinette and uh, Suzette's daughter in this week. And that symbol, that declaration of the baptism is a a declaration to say, I am dead with Christ. I come up. I'm alive to God, not to all the other principalities and powers. I'm not alive to their accusations. I'm not alive to, to um, to their definition of me or the church. And it's got very real implications. It's got implications in you as an individual. How you see yourself. I am trying. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like you on the road following Jesus. But I felt God say, Ruan, if you, if you just grasp how much space you have in my heart. If, if you just realize how, how, how much there is, the... the the place and the, the how much space there is for you. Ah, oh, if you consider that some people, how much you love them, maybe for the parents, especially with your children, but you can see he or she is, is limiting their own actions because they think you will. Maybe your wife or your husband, there's, there's a, there's a, because they don't realize how much you love them, that that love is, has, has, has got wa- a wide space for you in their hearts. And sometimes, for me, it's like, how do, I, how do I communicate this place that you have in my heart? I've at times told, you know, I wish I can give you my eyes. That, uh, that would probably be a great gift. Because if she could see how I see her, most of the time, I have to be honest, there are times that that the old man <laughs> that this eye should stay here. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> but 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 don't you think what a washing experience that will be to the person? What a what a what a what a liberating experience it will be. What a, how, how confident they will become amongst, in your presence. How more open they will be. God says, I give you my spirit of revelation. I give you my eyes. I want to open your eyes to see the space, to lead you into all truth, to make you know what is the richest glory the width and the length and the height of this love and that is why we ask Lord show me that is why we, that is why we want to come because we realize that wants to come over your eyes from the world and that wants to hinder and stop and, and disqualify and judge and all of this you are part of the sanctification process, part of the maturing process as that you come more and more to the revelation of who God is and the space that you have in it that it brings a faith and it brings a confidence and it brings a sense of liberty when I say confidence, it's not like you know, pop psychology. It is a sense of liberty. That you know that you know that your father said. That you know that you know that you're forgiven. You're not groveling in there and trying to feel more guilty in your own strength because that's what some person told you. Feel bad because then at, at some stage you've earned it. No, you know that it is a real 
danger for you to keep on sinning. But you can, the current of God's gospel draws you to him to ask for forgiveness. The current of God's gospel draws you to him to ask for help when you need help. Me and Dirk spoke in the week. It's like, it's like the first one to the, to the cross. He wins. And that's what it says. Like, it draws you to him. And we've got to bring this message to the people out there. It's because you're running away because you don't know that here's your safest, best place. You've create, been created for it. And so whenever that voice of accusation comes, whenever that voice of disqualifying comes, whenever that voice of judgment comes, and can I just say this like little thing? The judgment is about the moons and the Sabbaths and the rights to In our, uh, there's lingo, so it's like, yeah, don't judge me, <laughs> you know. I, I sometimes, I've got to, you know, tell the boys something to do. It's like, Papa, don't judge me. I'm not judging you, I'm telling you, this is the way to. <laughs> but you see how it seeps in, the culture seeps in. And those are the currents that come. Those are the philosophies. Those are the thinking patterns. And when the gospel comes, when we can center on the proton, center on the basic fundamental part of life, Jesus Christ, hope of glory, we get liberated from that. So come, let's bow our heads. Oh Lord, pray for every heart that drifts, finds itself drifted, Lord. Will you in this very moment, Lord, call them just like you did through Jesus. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. I will give rest for your soul. If that is you, I do want to just have a quick moment of contact and if you can look at me, I want to agree with you. If you felt you'd, you've drifted with, by worry, you've drifted by the sense of guilt, you've drifted because of just not thinking of God anymore, trying to do it in your own work, own effort, you've drifted. I want to agree with you and say, the Lord calls you close and you are coming close. If there's sin, repent quickly. Ask forgiveness and come to him. He's, he's the one that forgives your forgiveness. He's the one that cleanses you. He's the one that, that uh, announces you holy, clean, righteous. And maybe your mind just needs to be washed this morning again. Just like a, beautiful, like a wife with her husband. that She needs to just hear this morning again. She is beautiful. It washes. She's the chosen one. She's acceptable. God wants you. We, it's not that he needs to do it all over again. He's already done it. He's just affirming what he has done. And that is the gospel for us. He did die on the cross. He did bring forgiveness. He did transfer us into his kingdom of light. He did reconcile us to him. He did Because of all that he did, he looks to you and me and says, you are beautiful. You are righteous. And the best response is, thank you, Jesus. Best response to a oh, I forgot the word. A compliment. <laughs> the best response to a compliment is thank you. Thank you. Receive it. God wants to compliment this. It's not anything that you've done, it's all His work, but He still wants to compliment us. Oh Lord, we just want to thank you. You make us new this morning.
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Reveal. Reveal. I pray in this week coming. Just revelation. 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 Openbaring, Heere. Of what you've done. Lord, you say there in your word that in Christ is hidden every, every treasure of wisdom and knowledge. Lord, that we will not go and look at some other way, Lord. Some other uh, angel that does this or some other uh, deed that, that we need to pray so many times or we need to offer this or we need to pray on the Saturday. Or we, no, Lord, we want to just look in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus, Lord. And may our minds be renewed as we repeat this in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus. That you would find us, Lord, growing, faithful, confident, and liberty. Lord, I pray as we prayed for Afghanistan, Lord, where there's a current of fear. Lord, I thank you that you are strengthening your bride there. And you are telling her what you've done, Lord. And that she's not bound to an earthly country, Lord. She is bound to a heavenly country, Lord to a kingdom oh Lord may she shine brightly Lord I pray that we will have the same mind Lord as the church there Lord we're not bound to an earthly country here Lord bound to the heavenly world oh Yura open bar it for once in Jesus now Amen Amen I want to encourage you just with Afghanistan stuff that and there's so much happening, but the reality is that in Afghanistan it's probably the fastest growing church at this stage as well. But media is not saying much about that. And um, there's, a, there's a video or a, a, a documentary out Sheep Amongst Wolves. If you can, watch it. Sheep Amongst Wolves. It's um, done by a ministry called Frontiers Alliance um, International FIA FAI Frontiers uh, Alliance International, and they did this documentary specifically with the the church in Iraq, Afghanistan, those places. It is, I mean, it is exploding. But it, it's not without suffering. It's not without struggle. It's not without rape, murder, and all those things. But you find the saints that have, have, have been so gripped by the kingdom of God that they would willingly give up their bodies. That the women testify, we willingly give up our bodies for the kingdom of God. Now I'm not saying we're gonna do, we, we need to do that. Yeah, we're not confronted to that. But it's this, it, it is hearts that are so... Uh, and so when you read through Colossians, ask God, Lord, let my heart see your kingdom. Now watch that movie. Uh, it's moving. Um, just to see what God's doing. Bless you. Cassie, do you have anything else? Guys, have a lovely day. Have a lovely week. Bless you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in the week. Tuesday, we're going to fast and pray again. I'll send out some info. Join us. It will do you good. It will do us good as we intercede for one another.